Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Praise, praise the, the Lord. Lord. It's chat time again. Yes, praise the Lord. It is chat time once again. Now, this week, we are going to continue to discuss current events as well as scriptures. Praise the Lord. So last week, we were talking about killing babies. We were talking about anticipating the Supreme Court reversing Roe v. Wade and the reaction of the people, and I, I, it makes me speechless when I see what, how people are protesting and, and what they want. It's like nothing to, to them to want to just 
commit murder. Right. I mean, I don't think they think of it that way. They don't think of it as murder. Well, anyway, we went through, you know, other people's opinions and and uh, some articles that were sent to to me, and and I just have a couple more articles to finish this up. And one article that was sent to me is how medication abortion works and what the end of Roe v. Wade could mean for it. And so, it, it may be that Roe v. Wade could be overturned and the meaning abortion is certainly or likely to be banned in 26 states according to the Guttmacher Institute, which is a research group that supports abortion rights. If clinics that provide abortion shut down, women who can't travel to other states may turn to telehealth prescriptions or underground networks to obtain abortion pills, making that method of ending a pregnancy even more common. And so what is a medication abortion? So that's um, typically two drugs given to a person to end a pregnancy. And this method does not require a surgical procedure and it can be done in the privacy of your own home. And um, people might prefer that, I don't know. People might prefer the, this option to take pills rather than undergoing a procedure. But you know, to me, it, but that's no, it's like scary. That's no walking apart. That's, you're performing, uh, you're taking the chemicals to perform an abortion. Your body's gonna go through some crazy changes. But you know, it, it's the hypocrisy that gets me. That what they're saying is that if we don't make it legal, then there are gonna be people who are gonna go into back streets in the alleys, uh, people who are, are going to go to people who are unethical and they're probably going to lose their life, resort to using hangers to try to self, uh, you know, to perform the abortion themselves. So therefore, it should be legalized. I said, well, in that case, they should legalize drugs. I mean, what's the big deal then? Why are they fighting so against, uh, you know, drugs? Because then people are going into back streets, into the alleys, to people who are unethical to purchase their drugs. And they're dying of overdoses and they're dying of drugs that have been contaminated. So in order to end that, just legalize it. That's what you're saying with abortion. In order to prevent a woman from doing something that's illegal, and which will ultimately result in her dying, then we'll legalize it. Well then, in order to prevent people from doing illegal drug purchases, which could eventually end up killing them, legalize the drugs. That's a stupid argument. Right, I can't even imagine, you know, the medication is supposed to be used for pregnancies less than 10 or 11 weeks. Hmm. But you don't know if people are gonna do that. And then if you use it, over 10 or 11 weeks, you don't know what's going to happen to that child right. inside. And, and, and this medication is different than what they say plan B. You know, plan B is an emergency, they say contraception, which uh, along with this other drug called Ella, it delays or prevents 
your ovulation so that you don't get. I can pregnant. understand that quicker than I can because it, it prevents the life from coming into existence. But once it's here, that's a different story. But I can understand that. Uh, it used to be. With, say, for instance, if a person was raped and they reported it in, in time, they would go, they would take them to the hospital and they would scrape the wound, you know, so that nothing could really embed itself in order for the woman to become pregnant. So there, there are ways that they used to do things, but it is just too convenient. I mean, I, you see people, I've seen where people, they go out and they party and, and, and being promiscuous, they just had some type of sexual encounter, and then they go right to the drugstore, buy the little kit in order to prevent a, a, a pregnancy. Or if they're pregnant and they take the test and they realize that within a certain window, they go buy the kit and abort the child. It, it's such a, a, a shame because it's such a simple and moral act. And the innocent blood that's shed as a nation, we're going to be held accountable. God is not going to just let America slide. It's not going to let North Korea slide. It's not going to let China slide. It's not going to let the uh, United Kingdom. None of the, it's not going to let any of these nations that are shedding innocent blood. The Lord is not going to let them get by with it. And just because God has delayed uh, his, his judgment does not mean that it's not coming. It's right, coming. Right. When you least expect it. Yeah. So is it medication abortion safe and you know they say that it is and um, it's safe and effective way of providing abortion but it can be uncomfortable so cramping and bleeding and that's a minor right. <laughs> you know it, they, can, it can be uncomfortable it feel like you're dying i mean i <laughs> they incorporated um i think on one of the programs i i watch on thursday the, this firefighter was pregnant and she took some medication to abort her child. Uh -huh. And so she's walking along, they're going for a walk and everything. And all of a sudden she's like doubled over in pain. She can't even walk anymore. Oh, really? And she had to be carried back to home and, and everything. I don't, it, it's not as sweet and fuzzy wuzzy as they- and, and it shouldn't be. You know, like it's like in the comfort of your own home and, you know, with your loved one around and You're stuff like that. Watching you kill your child. It's a family But affair. it could be like very <laughs> strong cramping. Um, well, well, some well, some just, people say that they don't feel anything and some women say it's the worst experience that they've ever it's had. It's like labor pains. What do you mean you're very strong <laughs> cramping? It's ripping your insides. It's, 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 and then it says uh, what you should do is follow up consultation with a doctor, either in person or telehealth visit. Yeah. Yeah, right. Go on the computer and just tell your doctor, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Yes, I did. You know, how, do, how, does, how can you tell over the computer that if you're pregnant yet or not? You don't know. So... Um, Insurance coverage will vary depending on whether the patient has public or private insurance and depending on the state that they live in. And according to Planned Parenthood, the cost of medication abortion can be up to $750. That's what a, but a life is, is worth. Often, to often mm -hmm. less. Abortion, less than $1,000. Abortion mm -hmm. funds around the United States may be able to help with the cost of an abortion if the person's insurance doesn't cover it. Well, if they have Obamacare, I guess 
it should be covered. I don't know, but I, I do know somewhere, I think in that health plan, people like, like, well, like Chappelle was saying, our taxpayers' dollars were, were helping to support abortion. The Hyde <laughs> Amendment blocks federal funds like Medicaid from being used to pay for abortions, except in the case of rape or incest or if the pregnancy would endanger the woman's life. However, a 2019 study by the Government Accountability Office found that 14 states' Medicaid programs don't cover the, the pill, even in those cases. And I, I, um, I just don't think that it's that easy to get the pill without, if you're on government aid. I just don't well, think so. Well, I guess not. I mean, I, I, I don't know why my tax dollars should go help someone abort their child. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. So in the states where abortion is expected to be banned, if Roe is overturned, medication abortion will become illegal, but access to abortion pills will still be available for those who are able to travel to states with abortion protections. Some may attempt to acquire the medications from out-of-state providers, though through the mail. A growing number of states have moved to make this approach illegal, but experts say that in practice it's difficult to police. Others may decide to order the medications from overseas pharmacies, though this carries the risk of getting products that are not FDA approved and patients not getting the appropriate care before and after taking well, I, this FDA approved business, since most of our medications and drugs come from China anyway, I mean, what's the difference? <laughs> you know, I could see it if we had remained as a nation independent, but since we depend upon China to, for mostly everything that we're getting, you know, they might as well order it from China. Well, anyway, this other article I found about Canada, and I found this... You know, like we were talking last week about guns kill people. Mm -hmm. You know, there are a lot of people getting killed. I mean, babies are getting killed. People are yeah. getting killed by gun violence. Oh, yeah, like, like that. just like in Brooklyn. I mean, and then, yeah, and, right. Mm -hmm. And then here in, I read this article in uh, Canada. In 2015, Canada's Supreme Court struck down a 22-year ban on assisted suicide. The next year, its parliament passed legislation allowing what they call MAID, M-A-I-D, which stands for Medical Assistance in Dying for those who suffer from terminal illnesses and whose death was reasonably foreseeable. Five years later, the reasonably foreseeable language was dropped, as was the requirement of terminal illness. Today, ending one's life with medical assistance simply requires a physician and a witness to agree that the physical or mental suffering is such as cannot be relieved under conditions that you, the patient, consider acceptable. Next year, that will expand to include anyone with a mental illness, like PTSD or depression. Well, how could they even there's make a also, sound decision? There's also talk about expanding the practice to include minors. 
What's wrong with Canada? Soon, <laughs> under Canadian law, someone accused of a crime must possess the capacity to understand that his or her behavior was wrong in order to be found guilty. However, someone will not need the mental capacity to understand the implications of medical assistance in dying in order to choose death. That, what, that's really nuts. Mm -hmm. So if a person is out of their mind, say uh, from some type of traumatic experience, they're not thinking rationally and say, I want to kill myself. They say, okay, it's fine. You, mm -hmm. If you want to die, that's fine. And some others say, but they're not being rational. It doesn't matter. <sighs> Proponent, proponents of assisted death always point to safeguards, such as physician approval, the uncoerced consent of the patient, or humane conditions. But even if you get the uncoerced consent of the patient, if the patient isn't thinking straight, there should be something in there where the patient would say, if I were in my right mind, I would be making this decision. So certain stories are elevated, such as Betty Sanguin, an ALS patient who chose to end her life in a Manitoba church surrounded by friends, family, and clergy. In the church. Who secured permission for a maid team to kill her in their sanctuary. Okay, boy, I could just imagine the demons floating around that place. Oh my goodness. Even in the so-called safe cases, a grave evil has been done. Life is sacred. It's a gift of God and should never be thrown away. And to intentionally end the life in a church is not a blessing. It is a distortion and blasphemy. Yes. For the most part, the realities of doctor-assisted death look nothing like the beatific best-case scenarios described in the sales pitch. You know, I've seen people suffering from terminal illness. I mean, really, really suffering. But in almost every case, when they let the Lord know they're, they're, they're ready, it's like... This, I'm tired and I'm ready. It's like the Lord takes me every time. I have yet to see it there. So I read this article and I'm thinking not only is life cheap for babies who are unwanted, mm -hmm. not only is life cheap for people who have guns and all this violence, mm -hmm. it's also, it, it's nothing. For people to say, I, I'm just tired of living. I'm just tired of right, so going they, through this sadness or this depression or this uh, side effect of this tragedy that I've suffered. I know. Or, I, I, I just don't want... Um, I'm a minor, and it's tough growing up, and I don't right. want to go through and, it. And, and it's what some person said, usually right after they make the decision, but they can't take it back, they regret it. You know, some people who have survived uh, attempted suicide, they say, but there was nothing they could do to prevent the action because they had already put it into motion, but they instantly regretted it. I, I, this one, he's, he's a comedian, but what he said was, you know, he's, he's disabled. He said, have you, he said, have you ever, he got a divorce, and he said, have you ever done something and all you really needed was a sandwich? <laughs> and he felt like he got a divorce, but he got it too soon. It's like he got the divorce, but all he really needed to do was, was to eat something. You know, something that would just make him step back and take a look at what he was deciding to do. And a lot of times when people are making these decisions, which is what surprises me about Canada, a person's making a decision, but they're making a decision at a moment where 
everything's in turmoil. And what doctor would sign off on somebody who's going through something, who's grieving and saying, okay, if you want to end your life, all right, I'll sign off on it. That is, that is insane. Now, as long as someone is suffering from an illness or disability which cannot be relieved under conditions that you consider acceptable, mm-hmm. they can take advantage of what is now known euph- euphemistically as made medical assistance in dying. Soon enough, Canadians from across the country discovered that although they would otherwise prefer to live, they were too poor to improve their conditions to a degree that was acceptable. So and rather than be poor and live poor, they'd rather die. Examples include an Ontario woman who opted for assisted death because her disability benefits weren't enough to cover smoke and chemical-free housing, and she was forced to live with crippling allergies. In Vancouver, another woman sought medical aid in dying when her debt kept her from affording the medication that would have alleviated chronic pain. The family of another 35-year-old disabled man discovered how appalling his living conditions were only after he decided to end his own life. Tragically, by the time the government investigated the care facility and revoked its license, it was too late. Yeah, but see, all those examples that they're giving... Instead of the government saying, okay, we approve of your right to take your life, why couldn't they provide the person with a smoke-free environment? Why couldn't they start communities where smoking is not allowed, even if you're on a low-income level? Why couldn't the government use these resources to help in that sense? You know, it's like all the the person said, well, I can't afford the medication and, and the pain is crippling. Why couldn't there be a medication program? So See, you, I, I don't understand that. I don't mm-hmm. either. Uh, euthanasia is, uh, in, there, in any form, is a misguided answer to a real human problem. Right. Some face a life of unimaginable pain. The only acceptable and loving response is to provide the best cash, compassion, care, and pain management possible. And this article says, anytime a country such as Canada embraces death with dignity or medical aid in dying or some other euphemistically disguised lack of compassion, a price tag is placed on people. Yep. And whenever a price tag is placed on something that is inherently priceless, it's cheapened. In Canada's case, the money is going to the so-called autonomy of vulnerable people instead of fighting for their lives. That's right. And, and it says something about the atmosphere and the spirit of the country. So the whole, so the whole world is leaning toward murder. To, yeah, towards death. Murder. Mm-hmm. Not just death, it's murder. I know, but, but, they, but they're choosing death over life. Babies and people, gun violence and mm-hmm. euthanasia and... And, and, and see, and, life and, becomes cheap because they don't regard the Lord. And, and you know, the president and all, everybody, our government officials, want to pattern our health care after places like Canada, you know. And, and North Korea and China. And it's stupid. And, and the fact that they no longer look to the Lord is why people are left to their own imagination, which is why they can do such horrible things, because left to themselves, without the Lord directing us, we come up with horrific 
And solutions. you see it every day. People are t you know, turning away from God, mm. and they're left to what they think should be done, and which, how they mm -hmm. feel which things should be done. Which is always contrary to God's will. Yeah, they said there's a way that seems right under man, but, but the it's end thereof is death. Yeah. Yeah, so then there's this other article that was sent to me. A judge blocks, this came from Fox News. A judge blocks Alabama law criminalizing the prescription of puberty blockers for transgender youth. Um, U.S. District Judge Lyles Burke issued a preliminary injunction just recently to block a Vulnerable Child Compassion and Protection Act amid a legal challenge against the legislation. The law was the first of its kind, and State Attorney General Steve Marshall suggested he would appeal the ruling. In a statement, uh, GOP Governor Kay Ivey said that the ruling is a temporary legal roadblock. We will continue fighting to protect Alabama's children from these radical, unproven, life-altering drugs despite this temporary legal roadblock. It's especially important while they are at a, such a vulnerable stage in life, we will continue to uphold our duty to ensure that children are free to grow up into the adults God intended them to be, even with today's societal pressures and modern culture. The law made it a felony to provide puberty blockers, hormone treatments, transition surgery, to anyone under 19 years old, punishable by up to 10 years in prison. The part of the law criminalizing transition surgery will remain in effect. The judge also left a measure in place requiring counselors and other school officials to notify parents if a minor reveals that they believe that they are transgender. So... It's, it's still... It's, it's nuts. It's so, like the world... And just think, these... Children and this generation of uh, whatever we got out of there, I don't care if they're woke, uh, sleepwalking, I don't know what they, what they are, but they're going to be our next you know, generation to take care of the upcoming generation. So I just, I just can only imagine. Which means there's no hope. Right. What kind of nonsense is going to be going on? <laughs> well, that concludes that program. And next week, maybe we'll talk about something a little bit more uplifting, the scripture. I was thinking of Proverbs 24, 16, which is, um, what is the meaning of the righteous falling seven times? Okay. Well, praise the Lord and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. This week's verse of the day comes from 1 Peter 5 and 6. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Now, ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, what will the Lord do for the meek? And the answer is, beautify, <clears throat> excuse me, beautify the meek with salvation. And that answer can be found in Psalm 149, verse 4, which reads, for the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. This week's food for thought is, who does the Lord take pleasure in? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought. <laughs>